everybody. Welcome to Podcast 43. (laughs) You got your girl, Carrie. I'm, in fact, not Massey, if you didn't notice. (laughs) And this is not Mike. (laughs) So I'm Carrie, Massey's wife, and this is Melissa, Mike's wife. And we are actually just taking over. I mean, we figured you want to hear from us anyways. So (laughs) we're pretty much taking the show over for the rest of podcast entirety forever. Just kidding. No, we're not. <laughs> so they asked us to come on and do a show. Um, Massey was actually out of town. And so they're like, hey, do you guys want to do the show? And we're like, hey, sure. Um, <laughs> so actually, the way I remember it was, yes. And then as uh, we got closer to <laughs> the like, date, it was like, oh, no, oh, what do I do? Which is kind of funny because people say all the time, you should do more videos. I love your videos, which is crazy because... When I get in front of a camera or in front of people, like, my mind, I just shut down. Like, my mind goes blank. I get all nervous. And I remember, so people have asked Massey to speak, you know, since we started. But a couple of them have asked me to speak before. And I've always, like, get up and I say, okay, just so you know, I'm not the speaker. I normally don't do this. I get super nervous. And people have always said to me, don't tell people that you don't, like, you know, don't show your weakness. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't let them on to that because then they think less of you. And I'm just like, I completely disagree because you know how like Paul said, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. Hmm. Like when I see somebody, a minister of God, like acknowledge their weakness, their insecurities, their struggles. Mm -hmm. And if God can do it through them, then he can do it through me. I'm more drawn to that message versus like, I got this fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? Like I remember being in a Bible study and this lady's like, you can't show your weakness. People aren't, adra- aren't attracted to weakness. And I'm like, mm. okay, but we have, like, ministers and people, oh, like, so they're above humanity? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you hear a minister, like, talk about their struggles and, like, their weakness, then I think, oh, so you're human like the rest of us? You know it's, what I mean? No, I completely agree. There's, there's, well, my take on it is there, there is something that draws me into someone who is very vulnerable and open with me. I feel like I can, I immediately trust them. Right. Because they're raw and they're Mm -hmm. real. And like, even like Moses, like I find comfort in like Moses was like, listen, (laughs) I stutter and I pretty much suck at this. And God still chose him. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and even like, um, in Gideon, is one of my favorite like stories mm-hmm. um, in Judges six. If you haven't read the story of Gideon, it's amazing, especially if you deal with insecurities like we do, getting up in front of people, talking, having a conversation. So let me just stop and say that there's one thing about owning your weakness and still trusting God versus wallowing in your weakness, saying, Completely "Well, I can't agree. do it because of this, this, and this." Mm-hmm. I look at Gideon in Judges 6, and I was just reading on about it, and how Gideon, like, the children of Israel be, were being oppressed by the Midianites, and he was behind the wine press threshing wheat because he was scared of the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord came to him and said, you're a mighty man of valor. Basically, you're going to defeat the Midianites as one man, and you're a mighty man of valor. I remember reading that, like, when we first started Self-Evident, and how, it, like, it was, like, one of those times that, like, you know, mind-blown scriptures about how, like, angel of the Lord said to him, he's a mighty man of valor while he's behind the wine press because he's scared. So clearly <laughs> he was not a mighty man of valor at that point, but mm-hmm. God was like calling out in him what he was mm-hmm. called to do and how like, even after I find comfort in the fact that even after like the angel of the Lord 
spoke this over him, he still needed a confirmation. The Lord gave him a confirmation through the angel, and then he still asked for two more confirmations to have the, uh, what is it called, the... Was it uh, sheepskin? No, the 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 wool. wool. Yeah, the wool. He asked it to be dry in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then he asked it to be wet. And God answered in his, like, graciousness Mm -hmm. both times. You know what I mean? And so I find comfort in that for people who, like, you and I that aren't, like, Massey and Mike that can just, like, (laughs) eh, we're going to talk about this topic and talk for an hour and a half. I'm like, I got five minutes. (laughs) Well, and even them, if we... We were talking about thinking back to the very beginning of the podcast and how yeah, they've right. they've grown so much and how they even just interact and Mike's like okay this is your first one and I'm I'm here like ah, <laughs> freaking out and he's like we've had 42 of them to figure things out and back in the beginning they just had to take the time to feel comfortable yeah and in their own skin and in conversing with the other each other with right, all this right. around them cuz i th- i think sometimes like for me, like I hold myself back from stepping out because of like, uh, you know, I'm not very good in front of a camera, in front of people and my own insecurities and like, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. instead of like stepping it out, I think in terms of like, oh, I have to be that well-versed or that Mm well-versed in prayer or that well-versed in explaining the word or ministering to people. Mm -hmm. And just instead of stepping it out and it's like a process, you walk there. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I think in terms, oh, we talked about this yesterday, how, my youth pastor, when I was in um, high school, talked about how when we think in terms of callings and destinies about what we're called to do in God, whether it's a big ministry or whether it's just planting flowers for somebody, we think in terms of, I see my calling out there, I'm going to lasso a rope around mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pull me there versus we walk there. And this step back here, the first step is just as important as that mm-hmm. last step before you f- officially walk in all that you're called to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. So that's our pre-message, our <laughs> preface before our actual <laughs> message so there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah now what okay so we actually kind of wanted to talk about how people have asked mike and massey and all of us well not all of us but somebody recently brought it to us what is the vision of the podcast mm-hmm. and because as you know mike and massey and even on our uh, videos that we do on Facebook, like we hit so many different topics. Like it's like a ping pong ball that, you know, that game that is going back and forth. <laughs> and it makes sense that the question would come up because of that. Because there are of so, that. Exactly. it's such a diverse amount of topics that they cover. Those like, right. okay, what, what is the underlying like, goal, what's your goal? purpose yeah. here? What's the, the vision, the mission. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were talking back and forth, like, okay, we need to come up with like a quick saying or what are that called? A quick, uh, tagline tagline to let people know what the but it's like so broad Mm -hmm. and really I think when Massey and I started and you guys came shortly we started in 2016 and you guys came in that no you came in we came in at the end of end of 2016 so less than a year we had started you guys came down from Wisconsin Wisconsin. (laughs) um even at that point, it was like, what is the vision? And I feel mm. like Massey and I, our heart and your and you and Mike's heart have always been to like, what is God's role in every aspect of our nation, our culture, our lives? And like, really, let's, let's dive into that because I think sometimes as Christians, we think in terms of, okay, God has authority over this, this, and this. And then we get to things like government. But then not. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We get to things like government mm-hmm. or we get to things like politicians, which is technically government. But you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like you get to things like public school and like, OK, does God what is God's role in those? What is God's answers to those issues? Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're, we're not going into that message. What are those answers? We're just like really like, OK, the at the goal and the mission of self-evident is God's role in churches, government. Families, families, individuals. I mean, really everything, trying to cover every schools. every sphere right. of life. Right. Because I um when even before we started, we you know, you hear that term separation church and state, which I really believe was maybe the seed to a lot of the things that Christians understand about God's role in government now. Like that terminology, separation of church and state, really sowed a seed into the concept of thinking well, we can't be involved in government because we're a church or God's role can't, God can't have a role in public schools because it's a church. Like there's a separate, like how we compartmentalize things. And so I think that's our heart. And it feels like a lot of times as Christians, we do that where we compartmentalize God's role, but then we also do it in, like we, we talked about this, how, okay, we say God has an authority in our lives, but we even compartmentalize that. Like, I think back to when I first became a Christian and having the f- the faith and the, I, you know, I gave my heart to, to Jesus and I wanted him to take over my life, but it was still a very selfish, selfish, focused faith of, okay, Lord, what can you do for me? Like, how are you going to provide for me? How are right, you going to protect right. me? Which God is, is those things, but I was missing out on, I am yours. I yes. am your child. Yeah. How do I follow you? How do I follow your leading and your calling in my life rather than just what God can do for me? Yeah, that's like so good because I think um, even in the, I'll say like the Pentecostal, like super spiritual, I don't even know how you say it, like where they believe that people have callings and like everyone has a gift and a calling I even see where like we even personally like we believe like we stepped out right away like with with a stepping out that didn't make sense financially it didn't make sense mm-hmm. you know like where we were at we had just moved to Florida and like we felt God call us to start self-evident you know and we had mm-hmm. people say like one particular person that we felt would really support is that like I've seen marriages break up over this this mm-hmm. is so you know you guys are stupid you got to do it like this doesn't make sense and even the way we felt God call us to do it as far as like raising finances at first like it just didn't naturally make sense mm-hmm. and um so I think and when we think in terms of Christianity and even in that super like God has callings movement we still like I'll step out when the finances when are the there. finances are met I'll step out when I feel confident in yeah. preaching I'll step yeah. out when I you know what had the support I have mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and I feel like what we had talked about before is like for me when stepping out now looking back I'm a super logical thinker like this has to equal this this mm-hmm. has to equal this but then I'm a super like like freedom <laughs> God called us yes Jesus let's step out God's let's gonna be it. amazing and um let's yeah let's do this and so there's times where I'm like that but then there's and then I can look back and like tell tell those testimonies mm-hmm. and those are amazing but now I'm like okay we've crossed that hurdle now things need to make sense again mm-hmm. instead of living in that like 
not making sense face. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, we were just talking, Mike and I were talking about this yesterday. When we first came down, it didn't make sense. Like, logically, and I'm the same way. I like being very logical. I like lists. I like steps. I like right. doing all that. It didn't really make a lot of sense. We were leaving our family, our stable <laughs> jobs. <laughs> we said to God, hey, let's not try to have kids right now. And then <laughs> three weeks before we left, we find out, oh, hey, we're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, but I still, through all of that, I felt peace. Yeah. And I felt like we were doing what we were supposed to do, even though it didn't necessarily make sense. And and then fast forward to now in the f- stage that we're at, it's like, okay, do we, <laughs> we're kind of at the at same the point, point of, of like okay, do we just out step out faith. Yeah, into yeah. a logical faith or do we wait for steps? And we've really been learning in the last few months, especially how to walk in God's leading, like how to wait mm-hmm. for open doors. But at the same time, it's still a question of, okay, do, do we just... Mm-hmm. take the step like what right and I think we were talking about that too last night um, about how sometimes it's more just having a willing heart versus mm-hmm. like okay where's the timing where's the timing is this the timing is this right is this right mm-hmm. because it's like if you look at David David went to bring food to his brothers he didn't go with the intent of like I'm going to be this amazing warrior and people are going to sing songs about how David killed his tens of thousands and like he went to serve his brother's food and the opportunity, God put it in front of him, and he stepped out and obeyed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think sometimes that it's just this faith that doesn't make sense. We're doing this. S- <laughs> 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 We're doing this series at our church, this Bible study. The men have gone through it, and now the women mm-hmm. are going through it. It's called the Conquer Series, which it's really designed for men right now. Um, the but they're doing one eventually for women but the series is about um conquering the addiction of pornography and the women are doing it um i mean the study shows that there's women who are addicted to you know sexual sin and stuff like that but a lot of times this i take this message and it ministers to me not being addicted to pornography but being addicted to like things that like you know like facebook or like you know we talked about food that pull you away from god Mm -hmm. that are a comfort to you and it just Mm -hmm. like is really goes in depth on like how people get addicted and like how we pull away from god and and then it really goes in depth on how to conquer this with the spirit of god with the tools that god gives us and um anyways he was talking about in the last uh session or whatever um i think it was I don't know. It doesn't matter. He was talking in the last session. Of, it's a video, and then you go through the answers <clears throat> as a class. But he was talking about how the thing about God and faith is that it's illogical. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So that's how we sometimes have a hard time grasping on how to walk out our faith because it doesn't make sense. And he made this joke. He's like, for example, Moses is going to lead the children of Israel to freedom, an old man with a stick with a stutter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like it's so true. Like you look at all these like – Bible stories, even modern day historical stories like Martin Luther King mm-hmm. or um, William Wilberforce or all these like people who's done who have done ma- who have done mighty things for God. Mm-hmm. It's illogical. And that's what I struggle with is because I want faith to make logical sense. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can go for a season, but then this season needs to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's not how it works. And that's and back it, to, you know, continually learning how to not put God into these boxes that we right. have preformed or learned over time or right. grew up into or whatever the reason they're there is. How do we open that up to let him delve into every single area of our life and yeah. clean it out and just right to fresh start right. you know because i think like we'll never we'll never like walk into all that we're called to be with a logical faith mm-hmm. i mean there's just really no way like you know what i mean there's no well and the fact that that illogical faith and illogical i think medjim and franklin i can look it up here he said uh, so what i was going to say is i think sometimes it holds us back because like it never gets into that like abandonment to God like no Mm. matter what you call me to do I will do it and and a byproduct of that is God never gets the full glory because if I can make logical sense out of my walk with God and like how to make it work then what do I need faith like what do I need God Mm -hmm. for and Benjamin Franklin said the way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason and like that is for me that's like one of I mean I don't know that's one of those things that like it's a constant reminder that I constantly have to do that, that that's what faith is. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. And I think um, like when we talk about those like reformers, like William Wilberforce and like uh, Benjamin or not Benjamin, well, the, f- the founders, um, but Martin Luther King, like these, they had like a raw faith mm-hmm. and like the founders, you look at the founders, like how outnumbered we were and like all the miracles that literally had to take place. They didn't, just by chance, like, mm-hmm. they had to or we mm-hmm. were going to, like, you know what I mean? Like, there was, yeah. we wouldn't be sitting here talking, mm-hmm. like, about this. Like, it was illogical. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how comforting that is. It is. One thing that always caught me that I learned after I became a Christian were the people in Jesus' genealogy, um, who was, uh, Rahab, mm, like, yeah. <laughs> wasn't of she, all she people. Was, I mean, yeah, of yeah. all people how God redeemed her and <laughs> that just, yeah, that's amazing. I think there's another one that always caught me. I can't remember who it was now, but it's like, oh, if God can do something like that with people, take them, bring them out of their, their sin and broke, utter brokenness and completely bring amazing glory to himself like that is just astounding yeah. to me. Right. Yeah, I was thinking on the way over here about how um, we, so we're from Minnesota, we moved here five years ago, and when we were still in Minnesota, we had, um, I was doing bookings for a a couple that um, do ministry and speak, and I've seen her speak maybe like 50 times, I don't even know, maybe less, maybe more, Um, but she was speaking at our home church in Minnesota and she said something that like, I'll never forget. It was like one of those times, like, I don't even know what she spoke about, Mm -hmm. but it was like one of those times that was like, Oh, like right in the heart. Like I will never forget it. And she said that like, we always as Christians, as conservatives, we're always talking about the problem. We're always talking about like, look what they're doing. Look what they're, you know, look what the Democrats and the liberals are doing. Look what the um, unsaved are doing. Look, or even look what the like, the church is doing that isn't right like you know Mm -hmm. the american church is so bad like look at what they're doing and she said the 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 thing that that happens when we do that it it pulls away from the fact that the answer to 
all our problems in government, in society, in culture, in schools, in churches is always found in God's people. It's Mm -hmm. always found in God moving through his people in an illogical faith, Mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't make sense. And so it's easier sometimes for us to sit back and just point out the problems. But like Massey always says, like, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution. solution. And I feel like God will give us solutions if we just seek him. If we Mm -hmm. like, and that's the other thing about that like stepping out is when I own my weakness, but I'm still going to step out. I'm not wallowing in my weakness. I'm seeking God to overcome this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeking healing. We have an inner healing thing at our church here. Amazing. I'm seeking those answers from God, not so I can sit and wallow in, but so I can give, get the answers for myself and give it to the world. And I think sometimes as like, if we're just going to go into prayer right now, the topic of prayer, we stop short so far before the breakthrough like we mm-hmm. seek out all these answers like and I'm like again like inner healing I love inner healing I love like this or, or these bible studies or altar time or like praying having the minister pray for you but like if we're not seeking it at home none of that will last like mm-hmm. it'll we, just be a short yeah spurt in our yeah, week like a that eventually will yeah right die exactly away and it won't yeah it won't get healed yeah fully. like I don't want to feel okay I want to be set free from my insecurities mm-hmm. I want to be set free from my sin and that's what I like seek after like when uh Jacob was wrestling with the angel to me that's like a perfect depiction of like prayer like when I'm in prayer like I have to break through I don't have like the option in my own like mindset to sit and wallow and say like, well, I'm going to stay like this the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to stay. I like, I want to be set free. Mm -hmm. And so like, or when, and I'm praying for the nation, no, I have to break through. It's not something that I just like, um, prayer to me, isn't something just like that. God comes and communes with me. He does, but he gives me power in that communion. And I think sometimes we stop short of that actual breakthrough and understanding. Like if we if we truly understood the power that we have in prayer as Christians for ourselves, for our families, for our nation, we would be in prayer all the time. Yeah. Like the I keep saying a like, likes my word, like you know what I mean? <laughs> but um when at the founding of our nation, Massey and I have talked about this before, about how there was they started out in a, the Continental Congress when they first met. Their first act was prayer, and they started out in a two-hour prayer session. And what came out of that was they called the nation to prayer and fasting. And from mm-hmm. the start of the revolution to the end of the revolution, there was four, 14 or 15 government-issued days of prayer. And so, like, there is, like, this understanding of that the answer is found in God's people seeking God for the answers, not just like, okay, this is what the Bible says. Like, yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's like in, um, I'm like, feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but in um, Esther, when people say that, that verse all the time, for such a time as this, for such a time as this, like I hear, I've heard that like my entire Christian life, mm-hmm. like this generation for such a time as this. And like, I believe the word, I believe that promise, but what made that possible, that such a time as this possible was that Mordecai and the nation and Esther prayed and fasted for three days. Mm-hmm. Like we always leave that out. They, that such a time as this, God made that possible through them seeking on their face before God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just like these these fun verses that we say, yeah, they're fun and they're powerful and they give promises. But what made but that there's work? No action yeah, 
what made that. that work was like supplicating before God mm-hmm. and not stopping short until he answered, until he delivered them. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to my heart. <laughs> Boom. That's Boom. it. When we talk about prayer in our in our own personal Christian walks, in the mm-hmm. church, for our nation, whatever it is, I for me, when I'm praying for any of those whatever, when I feel like I have to break through, there's times, and I've told Massey this, and maybe I've shared this before with other people, I actually, the first time I understood this having to break through was for someone in prayer, like, I have to go home and pray for this person, I can't not go pray for this person, Mm -hmm. was when um, the children's pastor at the church that I got saved in, in um, Minnesota, Minnesota, the children's pastor, their daughter was killed in the parking lot. She was two years old and she was ran over in the parking lot at the church on a Wednesday at a Wednesday night service. And I had been like struggling like for months before this point, like really like struggling. Like I want to know salvation. I don't like, Mm -hmm. I don't just want to read about it and say, I said the prayer. Like I have to know that I'm saved. I have to know the word. I have to know I'd have, I'd have dreams that like I'd get in a car and die and like, I went to hell. Like, it was just like Hmm. this, the weight of my sin, Mm -hmm. like when Paul said, like the weight of my sin was so heavy, I had to know a savior. And I'd have dreams that like, I would open the book and the Bible and the book, all the pages were black. Like I just (laughs) couldn't grasp this like Mm -hmm. savior, this love, this loving savior. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I got a call that, um, Scott and Jody's daughter had been run over. And it was like something in me flipped where I, instead of me going to pray for myself every single night, I was like up till the wee hours in the morning. I'm going to start crying, crying out for Scott and Jody because it wasn't about me anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was like really like I understood like God's heart in that. Not that that was my salvation, but he gave me an understanding of if I could love somebody so much in prayer and Mm -hmm. I'm a human, how much does he love me? Mm -hmm. How much does he intercede for me? And I think um, with that being said, when we talk about prayer, we don't talk about it in terms of like, I have to get the answer from God or I will die. I mean, that seems like raw and black and Mm -hmm. white. But when I'm saying die, like spiritually die, like Mm -hmm. if I don't get the answers from God, I will spiritually die. Like inner healing is amazing. Listening to all these amazing preachers is amazing. But to me, like what makes that real in my heart is my supplicating before god it's like he Your takes personal that yeah exactly laying yourself out before the lord right it's like showing the ground your full, of your heart yeah to be able to receive self, yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean um so it's funny because when we were so massey and i and i feel like i'm talking do you want to talk no <laughs> okay <laughs> just say keep going okay. this is good massey and i um and pastor todd okay so actually pastor todd and massey and i and pastor dan and um Dominic and Jenna, so the pastors here at mm-hmm. Revive, went to Bogota, Colombia in just four weeks ago, three weeks ago, something. Yeah, shortly, a short time ago. It all blends together. But <laughs> um, and in Colombia, if you maybe have seen some of our posts, if you guys follow us on Facebook about the church and how like there's, it's labeled as the largest church in one of the largest churches in the world, and they have like four services where like no less than like. 10 to 20,000 people are at the service and like people are like running to the altar to like to receive mm-hmm. a touch to receive healing to receive salvation to you know get baptized and um so but we went to in June 
it was a pastor's conference. And so it's really like with the, they invite pastors and clergy from all over the world to come and just get like fed and like ministered to by the Holy Spirit and just like love on the pastors from around the world. And so we're there and um, the first night they're all about like prophesying to the nations and crying out for the nation. And they showed this video beforehand about Colombia and how in the 90s, Colombia was labeled as one of the most violent nations in the world and how, you know, through a series of events, they got it pressed uh, pushed through legislation that they could preach freely like America, you know, in America. Mm-hmm. And so then they started this church and the pastor had this like burden for Colombia, like would be in prayers for prayer for like hours upon hours a day, just like crying out for Colombia and people like thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, now look, you know, now, and he's talking about how like all of this, the whole church, the whole, everything they've done been in revival for 20 years. It's all accomplished in the secret place with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's a whole nother message in itself. But what we were the night we were there, well, we were there for four days, but the first night they're talking about like crying out for the nation, prophesying over the nation that God had biblical destinies for nations and it's not just about me and my family or me and my church and that they really understood that God had plans for nations and um it was like it like broke me like they were like people are running to the altar and they're like passing up their flag from their country for um for this pastor Ricardo to pray over and he would just like grab Hmm. it and like weep over these countries and it was like that's like to me what when going back to what this lady said at this um, church, that the answer is always found in God's people. It was like on a national level, as far as even going back to our message about compartmentalizing God, I think in America, we, th- we pray in terms of myself, my family, maybe my community and maybe like my business or my mm-hmm. friends, but we never get to the point of crying out for our nation or and even like the they, world or yeah. Or even the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, even just like, how our founders cried out for this nation had days of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. government issued days of prayer and fasting like they truly understood this crying out mm-hmm. and that god had purposes for nations and it wasn't just like oh it's going to h in a handbasket like <laughs> we'll just we'll just point out all the problems but we don't right. won't do anything which on one side you have the conservatives who like work till they're blue in the face, mm-hmm. you know, and get involved in all these things, run for office or like get involved in all these groups, these rallies, which like you and I like love, like we adore those kind of people because like they see the need, they jump in and they fight. But if we leave off that seeking God mm-hmm. and that crying out for our nation, like the people in Columbia understood, like our founders understood, then mm-hmm. like it's all just Done the acts. I mean, like in, yeah. in acts, if I, yeah. if I do all these things, but I, have no love behind it right there's no point to right, it right because it's just works yeah like how if you can't like if we're not doing it by the spirit of god and mm-hmm. crying out for him to mm-hmm. like bear witness to what we're doing and giving us the power to do it then again like why do we need god mm-hmm. you know like why do we need a savior why do why did god even find found this nation you know mm-hmm. what i mean i was thinking about like people like you know we i brought up before like the martin luther kings and the mm-hmm. you know even david in the bible and um Jeremiah, I mean, all of them, Gideon, and, like, can you imagine, like, I mean, in the Bible, and even a lot of the stories, biographies that you read of these people, like, Mm -hmm. they had real human flaws and real Mm -hmm. human insecurities, but, like, can you imagine, like, all that they really felt? I mean, like, I suppose you read the book of Psalms, and it's, like, all of David's insecurities, like, Yeah. yeah, it's raw, but, like, can you imagine, like, 
really walking in those shoes and just like how how much more we don't even see mm-hmm. about like how human they were and like that verse about how what is man that God is mindful of us about how it is really relying fully on God mm-hmm. and that we don't do anything and we can't do anything in and of our own strength. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how powerfully comforting that is and yet how powerfully discomforting scary that is. is. Scary. <laughs> yeah, it is because <laughs> I, and I think as Americans, we're wired to you see a problem and you, you, you try to fix it. Fix it. Yeah. yeah. Which in some regards is a blessing. But in some regards, it takes away from the faith walk. I, I think would say it could potentially take away from what either what the Lord had already prepared for that or when we're wallowing our own struggles or weaknesses, it can take away from where he wants us to be mm-hmm. yeah. in a much, I don't want to say much better place, but spiritually a much stronger, but still weak. You know what I'm trying to say? Like right. when we give, give ourselves to him and we are vulnerable and sure weaknesses and are confident in him and rely on him in it, then perhaps he has greater plans for us than we ever imagined Mm kind of going back to that uh the bogota columbia thing Mm -hmm. and and talking about like our weakness with the secret place one of the things that really ministered to me when i was there was he was talking about the secret place and so what happens is you have a four-day conference and it's like super intense like Mm -hmm. three to four hour sessions and you break for lunch then you come back and it's like super intense super tired but super like you're worshiping with 20,000 people and it's like you're on like this amazing like spiritual god's amazing because I mean it is like to see god move Mm -hmm. there and just touch these people and how they cry out and um but he was talking about the secret place and how everything we do in God is accomplished in the secret place. Because like for me, I sometimes get so caught up, like people will give words like um, to like me or Massey and I or us about like our calling and like what we have and how God's blessed us and given us favor and like where we're going and what we're called to do. And um, specifically when we were there, there were uh, Pastor Todd was talking to me about like writing books and I'm like, <laughs> like, yes, but <laughs> you know, like, um, but so I get caught up when I get those words and I receive them by that they're a word from God, that they're a word from the Holy Ghost because mm-hmm. it confirms what I've already had in my heart, what God I feel has already shown me. But what I do is I go about to accomplish it into like, okay, what do I got to do? What mm-hmm. do I get? Like, mm-hmm. how do I do this? Like getting so caught up in, okay, now I'm involved. Now in I like, need to start taking these steps yeah, the right away. Ministry, how do I do this? I got to show this. I got to do this. I got to mm-hmm. do this better. got to do this. And what ministered to me was he, this pastor Ricardo was saying, all this is accomplished in the secret place and not outside of that. And how like comforting that was to me, like in the sense of if I'm not there yet and I'm still seeking God, if I'm not like, I don't feel like I've arrived or like, I don't feel I'm at the point Mm -hmm. of to start a book yet. um, But I'm still seeking God with my whole heart. It just means that it's maybe not the right timing or it just means just walk out who you are now and that will come versus like forcing it. Yeah. Instead of forcing it, be in that secret place with the Lord 
mm-hmm. and be led by him, be willing to step out, but don't force it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like so one of the most powerful things about this like secret place over and over talking about this secret place, about how mm-hmm. um, he'll wake up at like five in the morning. And I get the fact that most of us can't do this at, <laughs> like um, as humans with a job or with kids or whatever, but he get wakes up at like five, six in the morning. We'll spend like five to six hours with the Lord mm-hmm. till like noon and then like start his ministry stuff. And I think um, that's, I mean, that's a huge part of what holds us back as Americans is we're, sh- well, <laughs> talking into our last week, we're so overbooked. Like yeah. if you well, don't schedule the, the time thing. in, that's the other thing do he it? said that um, hit Dominic. He said, I don't, um, find the time to spend with God I schedule time to spend with God Mm -hmm. versus like oh I don't wait till the end of my day and if I have 10 minutes or wake up and try to find 15 minutes in the morning to spend with God I schedule time to spend with God Mm -hmm. and um Dominic said that that was like because you're right like we we just get so like Mm -hmm. bogged down with work work, trying to spend time with family family, cooking yeah cleaning church activities kids activities yeah whatever not even anything necessarily bad yeah and we leave off spending time with the lord Mm -hmm. i know that like when i was there i was convicted about that secret place about like how much time do i waste on um facebook or just chilling you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and how that time could be scheduled for the lord mm-hmm. and when i'm tired there was i have to should find this quote he when this guy said i think it was smith wigglesworth i could be wrong about this he basically said when i'm tired i pray myself awake and hmm. because it's like the god of the universe is the one that wants to spend time with us yeah. you know what i mean and he's going to be the one that helps us walk in that communion not it's funny because like, when i'm tired i pray if i can't go to sleep i pray to fall asleep. To sleep. <laughs> Well, that's that was terrible, but uh, that's true. I do that. That's too, I like that. I pray myself awake. Yeah, yeah. God's worth that. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of the people that we talk about and that minister to us, those great heroes of the faith, that's what they understood. They understood that mm-hmm. that spending time with the Lord and mm-hmm. that none of what we're seeking comes outside of that. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, it's so hard because even going back to prayer, I remember being in a Bible study. And it was the Beth Moore Bible study and talking about um, there was this one particular chapter where she was talking about Paul's prayer life and that Paul panted after a prayer life or panted after the Lord and spent time with the Lord. And so we got talking on prayer and somebody said in there, I just can't pray. It's like talking to a wall. Like I just there's mm-hmm. no like I just can't because mm-hmm. like I feel like God's not listening or God's mm-hmm. not hearing. It's dead. And um, I just immediately got to the point where I was like, you don't think every other minister has Has felt that that. Yeah, has like, do you don't think I've felt that where I'm like, I'm going to go pray. And Massey's like, how was prayer? I'm like, it stunk. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I'm talking to the wall, but that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like you go back again and again and again until Mm -hmm. you break through or you stay in that moment until you break through because God is faithful to want he's the one that wants to spend time with us more than we want to spend time with him yeah so if we're in that point where like this stinks i'm talking to a wall you stay in that moment until you break through Mm -hmm. into god's presence Mm -hmm. because there's like nothing like breaking through into god's presence Mm -hmm. and all that like 20 30 minutes of struggling to break through makes that like even if it's five minutes in god's presence yeah way so much worth it Mm -hmm. it's like 
and that's what so I think a lot of people struggle with that in prayer like it's mm-hmm. there it's dead like I would rather turn on music or a message yeah but Which it's I, like yeah personal testimony back when we first got married and we start our uh the pastor that did our what do you call it, premarital yeah, kind of meeting and then he did our yeah. did our wedding um there's one thing he said that really was important to him and his wife is every night they would pray together no matter what mm-hmm. and we're like okay let's let's start doing that <laughs> i couldn't pray out loud like there was just this wall there something about like praying like it's very personal and something about like hearing having somebody else hear it i was so worried or that you were praying that wrong, i was really? yeah praying wrong and i didn't have that much practice in it and and then i don't know just like telling people that because it's okay to you know it you have to start somewhere it's the you know the little steps like we were talking about mm-hmm. it's you from get to point a to praying in front of a group comfortably like this last week it's like that took a long time and still i don't feel 100% comfortable in prayer mm-hmm. So and even that, like when I'm listening to you talk, like that is that even just that is found in the secret place. Mm-hmm. Because when you, you know, in that verse, Romans eight twenty six, when it says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. It's like even what you're talking about, like struggling to pray in front of people, like some some people would look at that and say, really? Like, that's your struggle? You know what I mean? But that is a real raw struggle. But that overcoming is found in the secret place. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that when the Bible says, I think we often intercession is misunderstood. And I'm not saying I have the monopoly on understanding intercession. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about intercession, um, it, does just, it doesn't just mean to pray long. It means the way the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered when we get to the point that we're groaning in prayer with like, okay, (laughs) let me stop and say when I go to pray and I'm like praying and it's good and it's not bad. It's not like I'm talking to wall, but it's not, I'm not broken through. Mm -hmm. I get to the point where I do break through. And at that point of breaking through most of the time, I'm just like, crying out for Mm -hmm. that person in groanings Mm -hmm. or crying out for the nation or crying out for whatever it is that God, I feel God has me praying for at that time. I feel more effective in that moment of breakthrough where I'm not even saying any words than Mm -hmm. all these words that led up to that breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Even though I truly believe God heard those, but I just feel more effective in prayer. And, And so what I mean when the Bible says that the spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means when the spirit's praying through us, we often will have those groanings which cannot be uttered. And that's when like we're like most mm-hmm. effective in prayer. And so I'm not saying that you're supposed to pray like that in <laughs> front of people. But what I'm saying is like when you spend those times in that powerful move of prayer, it will just flow out of you. Mm-hmm. Like out of our belly will flow, flow rivers of living water. That's what it will be like when you pray in front mm-hmm. of people. And I just want to say something because I'm talking my heart again, but it can be really easy to take this and settle with, well, I, I talk to him throughout my day, so I don't need to schedule time because that's what I do. Yes. Like, oh, well, I'm talking, I am talking with him throughout my day. Like it says pray constantly. I am doing that. But I, like you said, like 
I don't have that because I don't schedule the time. Right. And I want that. That's a like great point. And I want Isaac, our son, I want him to like, I've thought about this for months. Like I want to start doing that with him to just fall, just get in the room, just be on our knees and pray. I want him to see that we spend time with the Lord because it's so hard to, that's We've a been great trying point. to I was even just like out thinking loud. the same thing about our kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I show like mm-hmm. they sit and worship with us, watch us worship. Mm-hmm. They know that sometimes, okay, mom's going to pray right now, or dad's like studying. But then they but don't actually yeah. see it played out. Right. Or like we're put pr- praying throughout our day. But even that they don't see. So I've been trying to even outwardly do like this is That's really a, cool. Yeah, okay, go ahead. He we were outside and I was I was uh pushing him on the swing. And he loves bees. So I was like, oh, maybe we'll find one. He says, find a bee. And they're, they're, it was like past blossom season. So I was like, okay, well, let's pray. And okay, Lord, like Jesus, like helped us, help us find a bee. So we get out of the swing. We're looking around. I'm like, I know Lord's going to bring one. Mm-hmm. And it was like right there. And it's we saw it. There's the bee. And it's like buzzing all around. It stayed there for quite a while. So we got to watch it. And I was like, Isaac, Jesus helped us find a bee. And yeah. it was just like so cool. And then another time recently that he lost his blue marble. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and this is one thing that I've really grown into was um, like back in college, I remember I would lose stuff and get so mad and I would tear things apart for hours trying to find it before I was just finally flustered and frustrated, just gave up. And it's been this growing and growing and growing of like, all right, Lord, you know right where it is. And I'm at that point where like, okay, we'll find it if we <laughs> find it, if you, have, if you want us to find it or we won't. And so he, he lost his blue marble. And so, okay, like, let's pray. Like, Lord, we kind of look for it. Well, Lord, let's just, let's just pray. You know right where that blue marble is. Either we'll find it or we won't. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Like, we'll see if, if, yeah. if he helps us find it. And it was like one, maybe like the next day that you were cleaning mm-hmm. and you come out of your room and you're like, is this yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Je- Isaac, Jesus helped us find the blue marble. Which is so crazy goes back to the whole compartmentalizing because even just that like that god cares so much about that kind of stuff i remember Mm -hmm. um when we first moved down here uh our friend karen told us about this story about how her son aaron and their his high school kid like high school friends were playing in the ocean and they were like throwing the football around and they went to leave and one of the kids couldn't find his keys Hmm. and so they went back i mean of course it's the ocean and they were all like in the water and like so they're like digging around in the sand like kind of walking around in the ocean and she Mm -hmm. said god or you know like god please help me find these keys and she bent down and pulled them out of the water and i was like (laughs) (laughs) like what But it was like one of those times where I really like just those kind of stories like minister to me that God cares Mm -hmm. so much. Not just it's not just about our salvation. Like Mm -hmm. he cares. That's the main goal here. But he cares like so much about so much, so many more things like all of it. And it's not just compartmentalizing like he cares about my salvation and my kids salvation. But he cares about like so much more, even Mm -hmm. in the story about um, Lazarus, Lazarus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead that verse that's the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept Mm -hmm. because he had compassion on Mary and Martha Martha, Mm -hmm. because she was grieved over her Mm -hmm. brother's passing, which was the first time like I ever saw in the Bible, like 
he does care more about like he cared about her in that moment of her grief, mm-hmm. ministering to her in her grief, even though he knew what he was about to do. Right. Exactly. He could have just been like, oh, no, yeah, no, we're good. Like, Chill you, out. Don't, you don't have to cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eyes, like, sometimes it's like, it's OK. You don't have to cry. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. Right. But he doesn't know what's up ahead. Right. And just being with their in, with her in that because moment. He cared. It was yeah. n- had nothing to do with like mm-hmm. salvation. He cared about that. And like mm-hmm. even that kind of stuff. The blue marble, the it's just to me, it's like testimony. Like even with Nathan's head, that you, he was like selling, he was outside oh, yeah. selling That's toys. Cool. <laughs> he was like toys for sale yeah. or whatever. And nobody, nobody, nobody. All right, let's let's pray. Yeah, hard. Like help somebody come by and buy one thing. Not even five. You know, a couple minutes later, yeah. this kid comes by yeah. and buys whatever stuffed animal for like five bucks. Right. And then that happened with Isaiah too. That. He had gotten a ball stuck in our palm tree. Right. That's and right. he's out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so proud of how he persevered in this. He's out there chucking the ball up probably for at least 45 minutes. And then he's like, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. And again, within like just a few minutes, <laughs> he knocks it up. out. Right. Yeah. That's like, to me, it goes, that goes back to the concept of. God cares about all of that, but mm-hmm. he cares about more their salvation mm-hmm. and their identity in Christ and who they are called to be even more so than we do. Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to like persevering in prayer for them and being willing to let the spirit lead them. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were in, and many of you guys have heard the story about when we were in, we flipped the truck and trailer in 2017 mm-hmm. and we had like prayed before that summer, like, please like, show our kids who you are, speak to our kids, let them be. Cause I don't just want to, I don't want to be like the mom and dad that like just drag our kids along in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing ministry like, mm-hmm. and you're coming with like, yeah. I'm always cautious about like how much time we're spending at church, how much time I'm forcing them to be. But mm-hmm. with that balance of this is where they're getting blessed spiritually, you know, and mm-hmm. fed, but, um, and how we pray that God would use our kids in ministry. And then we flip the truck and trailer. We get to Massey's dad's house. We're there for a week. And Nathan's really like artistic and like drawing. And he drew this picture and said, what is this number? And I said, that's 10, that says 10,000. So that's what daddy's going to get. And um, I said, go tell daddy. And of course, Massey's like, yeah, I receive it. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is like a joke. Like, yeah. And um, we literally leave his dad's house in this like 2001 Chevy Impala barely makes it to Massachusetts. We had to be there by uh, the 2nd of July to preach at a small assemblies of God church in Hyannis, Massachusetts, like 30 people. And, um, God just like shows up. He ministers to the people, loves on them. We're praying for people and they took an offering and this lady had sold her house. Like they had prayed for a year for this lady's house to sell. It wasn't selling. It wasn't selling. It sold like mm-hmm. a month before we came. And she felt so moved to tithe off her house sale. And so the entire check donation from the offering was like $10,000. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things that like I was more excited that God ministered through Nathan than the $10,000. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we needed that money, mm-hmm. but like that God would use our kid to like a seven year old at the time, six or seven to mm-hmm. like minister through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. I just have one more personal okay. <laughs> testimony Do story. This is great. Because same thing, like how God, I'm, we're learning this. We only have one one kid so far, but how he ministers to us through him mm-hmm. is amazing. He's two. So maybe you wouldn't think like, ah, not. maybe when he grows up, like a little yeah. bit older when he understands more. No. the So he's caught on to two specific songs 
from the Christian radio mm-hmm. and they just happen to be like two things that I really struggle with. <laughs> and then he'll sing them when I need them the most. Like one of them is um, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I right. stand in your love. And the other one is um, church choir by Zach Williams. <laughs> I've got an old church choir singing. I don't know that song. And then the punchline is, there ain't nothing that can steal my joy. Steal huh. my joy. There ain't nothing that can steal my joy. And I've always struggled with, uh, like, depression and yeah. and then and fear and insecurities. So, like, I don't know. That's just That's so, so cool. And that cool, just brings yeah. that back to, like, wanting our, like, how awesome it is that God ministers through them to us and can use them, but also wanting to show them more and more of what, what a mm-hmm. true relationship with Christ and the Spirit and Father look like in going sharing yeah. like our secret place with them mm-hmm. I think is hugely important especially nowadays when it's so easy to be like okay well just just go play while I do the dishes or mm-hmm. just go play while I'm while I'm getting some work mm-hmm. done rather than like inviting them in so they can learn how to do it too that's my biggest like I can just do it faster so let me do it <laughs> <laughs> right but then if you don't ever yeah, do that they're never them. ever yeah. they're never yeah. going to learn or you know they need practice in those things and so I think that's, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Which, well, and that's even an analogy in and of itself because um, when we went to, like I had been doing that kind of stuff, like having them cook dinner, mm-hmm. you know, help helping me cook dinner mm-hmm. before and just like implementing. But then when we left for Columbia, mm-hmm. you might watch them and she had them like make their own breakfast and like daily chores. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doing the chores, like whipping the whoosh. We read well, that was Massey's request as we read through the first six chapters of John. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't even know that. But like even just going the concept that they it's not that I didn't think they would do it. It's more like yeah. I'm just like I can do this faster. Mm-hmm. And so like we we just do that. Yeah. And I think sometimes we take I do. I take on that mentality in ministry. Like Mm -hmm. I can just do this faster instead of letting somebody learn and fall and get up Mm -hmm. and do it again or spill the milk or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And they Mm -hmm. have to learn on their own. They have to learn the anointing. They have to learn the secret place. But if I never let them do it, Mm -hmm. my kids or in ministry, like people, like people never, I mean, never learn. That's (laughs) such a beautiful analogy of God. Like he, he lets us fail so that we could learn, learn things but also and become mm-hmm. what's the word I guess better at them, but also so we rely on him more. Right. Which on the f- the other pendulum of that message mm-hmm. about with our kids, like that God loves them more and that He's doing all this stuff and like that He lets them fall or like that they fall, mm-hmm. but He's the one that like cares about them more. Is like to mm-hmm. me when I read um, Karen Vaughn's book about the world world world. <laughs> when I read Karen Vaughn's book World Changer about how they were and how they raised Aaron mm-hmm. and about how she came to the point where somebody basically not confronted her, but basically ministered to her saying, this is God's kid. Like you have mm-hmm. to let God raise them in some like mm-hmm. we're stewards, but we have to let God raise them. We have mm-hmm. to let them fall. We have to let them mm-hmm. like learn on their own because if we don't, then they'll, it's going back to that, like, they'll mm-hmm. never learn spiritually. Yeah, they might learn all this other stuff, but, like, they'll never learn spiritually. And she talks mm-hmm. about this story about how um, Billy, they lived on a farm in Tennessee, and how Billy, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not butchering the story, but um, 
She probably won't watch this anyways. <laughs> um, but they lived on a farm in Tennessee. And so he was, they were trying to pull a tree down or like pull a root out. And Billy had the, four, Aaron on the four wheeler and had the rope tied to the tree. And he's like, gun it, son. And he's like going like this. And the, the four wheeler is like going up. And she's like, and all of a sudden it was like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> but my son, and she's like calling, like yelling Aaron and yelling Billy's name. And they're just like. She's like, I don't know if they heard me because I had this like smirk on their face, but like how she like literally had to come to the realization that God chose Billy to be Aaron's father Mm -hmm. and push him into what he was called to do. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, you know, Billy basically trained him in spiritual and physical ways Mm -hmm. to walk out what he was called to Mm do. And And that can go a whole into what mothers could do versus what fathers can do for mm-hmm. their kids and because there are different roles but yeah we don't have to go all into that but it also brings up for us like when we've talked about this how Isaac's our firstborn so naturally I'm gonna be more attached to him mm-hmm. but I basically followed him into the toddler room in church and I think I've left him there maybe once or twice but because he I haven't prepped him well enough I know when because I'm going to start leaving start leaving him more there. Mm-hmm. But I know when I prep him for things, he does really well. Mm-hmm. So if I just prep him for it, he's going to be fine. And I know he's going to be fine. But there's still this, like, mothering of, mm-hmm. like, okay, is he going to be fine? And Mike's like, you... You, I really want to spend time with you sitting and mm-hmm. a message. I have, We haven't done that for, like, two years. I want to spend... Like, I want you to sit next to me in church. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to leave him. He's going to be fine. And I'm like, right. yes. Like, and I want... I'm going to trust you in that because you're also his parent and you know what he needs to. And mm-hmm. I need to respect that and trust that in you. Yeah. That's sometimes hard for me because Massey, like, is like that too. Like, mm-hmm. let them like learn. Pushing let them, them push them out. And we're like... Yeah. Well, I'm moms. not like you. I'm yeah. just like... I just don't want to spend the time to teach him. I know I'm horrible. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just getting, but my mine's more like, I mean, it's hard. Like when you got three and they're all mm-hmm. like clamoring to do something and I'm like mm-hmm. trying to organize, you know what I mean? So mine's more like less mothering. Although I do have that, like, um, the whole mothering thing, but I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes that speaks to more to my insecurities than what they're able to do. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, they're able to take on the world mm. in their 10-year-old world. Yeah. I'm more like, is he ready? Mm. And so it speaks mm-hmm. to more like my insecurities mm-hmm. of maybe growing up or my yeah. lack of faith yeah. in who God is to him mm-hmm. versus speaking to him, mm-hmm. speaking about him. Yeah. And um, so, but, and it's even, it's funny because like I think about when they went to school, when they first started going to school, all these like, lessons that have happened like even um when Isaiah was in first grade got like picked on for mm-hmm. a season mm-hmm. and I'm I, I'm not happy about that but I was happy in the f- sense of the conversation and the ministering that it created between me and Massey and Isaiah do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah. versus sheltering from that mm-hmm. like yeah they might fall um even some of the things that they were taught, they went to a small private school, which I absolutely adored. I adored the teachers. I loved, mm-hmm. like, we. I worked on, the, your husband was a teacher there. I worked on staff there. And if one of the most heartbreaking things was seeing the school shut down and fall apart, but um, some of the things that they were taught was, like, super legalistic doctrine. It was an old Baptist school. Mm-hmm. But 
I didn't shelter them from that because I the conversations that it created were mm-hmm. so amazing. And even with that converse, that conversation, we had somebody in our women's Bible study recently talking about how, you know, we need to take uh, electronics away, iPads, kids mm-hmm. shouldn't be on TV, iPads, iPhones, like they should, we should just take it all away because like mm-hmm. not only is it like warping their mind, but it's like, you know, leading, it can lead to so many different bad things and mm-hmm. even like um, the government has all our information mm-hmm. when we're on the phone. So it was like all this like negative stuff. And which I agree there should be a balance and we haven't had really imbalanced this last month um, in, in <laughs> our family. But like we try to do on when school days, there are weekdays are no mm-hmm. um, electronics and weekends. So we try to bring a balance. And I piped up and I said, like, I understand the negative stuff that can happen, mm-hmm. but I want to teach my my kids to have a balance in their life because if I take it all away now and say no 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 when they're like 18 and out of the house they're gonna gonna rebel and I have to teach my kids self-control now Mm -hmm. and not just like take it all away I have to teach my kids like Mm -hmm. that legalist I have to let my kids be taught that legalistic doctrine and then bring it back to like well this is what we have under a loving father like and bring those conversations mm-hmm. and let them fall and let them be picked on and let them grow up because it's like that's what teaches them like I can try to teach them all the things in the world but then when they go and s- experience it now what we've taught them makes sense do mm-hmm. you know, get what I'm saying mm-hmm. like yeah I don't know I just um no we want I think we want to do the same thing with Isaac I mean we have a different take on yeah electronics, electronics yeah but um even though we don't do really a whole lot with him we let him watch like videos from his grandpa and yeah and grandma and stuff but um eventually down the line we're gonna start introducing it to him mm-hmm. so that he learns self-control with it and even right. like now we're teaching him self-control and that there are consequences right. for right. good or bad choices right. because like it goes to that we can be addicted to like, you know, with the pornography thing, this mm-hmm. conquer series is talking about specific, specifically addiction to pornography, but like, let's back up and like, be honest, we're all addicted to something like true. Facebook, food, our kids, our husbands, mm-hmm. our wives, you know, like we're all addicted to something like mm-hmm. even ministry is an addiction. Yeah. It, yep. I, I've experienced, I've seen it like mm-hmm. ministry can be an addiction, all of it. So if we're like, I'm so naive to think, well, I don't have, I don't struggle well, with I don't like struggle pornography, with that. alcohol. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Like, right. exa- that's like, we're almost worse because yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that whole self-control thing, like mm-hmm. I, yeah. And that's a whole nother topic that Mike and I have struggled with for a long time is how do you teach myself? I mean, personally <laughs> or other people, how do you teach them to have self-control and discipline, especially when they're adults and they've already mm-hmm. made, you know, gotten into maybe bad habits or yeah. for yeah. so such a long time, how do you retrain your brain yeah. to not want to do something? Well, I think that this, I mean, if I can make a plug for the Conquer yeah, series, it was please. amazing. The Conquer series by Kingdom Works put it out. But um, to me, sometimes... And going back to the prayer conversation, when I first, that second round of learning what prayer was, was, um, so I had that really intense time of prayer for praying for Scott and Jody. And then I went into this season, um, of praying for my midwife Mm -hmm. who like, I'm forever 
grateful that our paths crossed because it was there that I learned like like Scott and Jody was like kind of God used that to pull me out and teach me like some things about like who he was and who I was in God, who he was to me. Mm-hmm. But like praying for my midwife really taught me like this like deep intercession and understanding what that intercession was. Um, but with that being said, it was after a time of struggling mm-hmm. and like really struggling with who I was in God and God taught me a number of things to do that. But um, the one thing that I learned in that season was um, when I'm praying for somebody else, not just because I have to, but in that burden mm-hmm. in prayer and like, and that's the other thing going back to um, prayer is I don't go to pr- pray some, I don't go to prayer sometimes with, the a list mm-hmm. you know the the movies it, that talked about the list yeah i'm okay with that like the list but it can be super like religious i go yep. to prayer with like a leading to pray mm-hmm. or i know i need to spend time with you i'm praying communing with the lord and mm-hmm. then it's who do you want me to pray for what do you want me to pray for mm-hmm. and it goes back to god wants us to pray more than we want to pray so he's gonna mm-hmm. put it on our heart what to pray for um but that time and season of praying for my midwife really taught me that when I'm focused on what God, who God is, who God is to me, who I am in God, his heart for me, his heart for people, and I have to break through for somebody else, somehow all my struggles over here just hmm. seem to fall in place. Yeah, I'm thinking about them. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about them. I'm not, not that that's like the A plus B equals C cure to addiction, <laughs> but it was when God consumed my heart for something else besides what I wanted, Hmm. all of those struggles just seem to like filter and fall into place. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know how I, you know what I mean? Got through that season mm-hmm. other than it was no longer about me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a huge, a huge tool, I guess. I don't know. Maybe f- a small tool for addiction. Cause I think there's so many other yeah. things that needed mm-hmm. just one thing that I've experienced, but but there's so many other things for specifically addiction that, mm-hmm. you know. I know I want to uh, go through that Conquer series. Because yeah. one thing that, I mean, food is my addiction mm-hmm. and has been for a long time. And in that, I will go to it rather than going to, to, God, to God. And I yeah. will use it for comfort yeah, rather than going yeah. to the Lord. Right. And it's been, yeah, just been so frustrating that Mm -hmm. like in my heart like I really want to overcome it but I feel like what you've said especially about prayer has given it more hope Mm -hmm. like in that like almost that I don't even have to worry about the struggle Mm -hmm. like that if I'm going to the Lord and I'm not saying it's like that easy like all right and sometimes it is for people which is amazing or a miracle but Oh, when they're set free from addiction. Yeah, just yeah. like that. Yeah. Just amazing. But I know for me, it's not going to be easy. I know. One of, it. Yeah. One Go of the ahead. things that this the Conquer series says, there was this pastor. They So they do interviews. So it's like a documentary type that mm-hmm. you're watching. And they do interviews with different like pastors and ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. And this one um, pastor, like he's almost on all, every video. I just love him. He looks like an old hippie. But um, <laughs> He uh, talks about how he was running a, a large church, huge church, and um, I believe it was in Texas. And he said he got to the point, I mean, he had been married, kids, successful in ministry, successful, like, you know, doing well. And he came to the point where he, like, was so depressed he wanted to kill himself. Mm. And he said that um, 
he went to the elders of the church and said, like, something needs to happen. I need help. Yeah. And he said, at the time, we weren't a church that could help anybody, let alone the senior pastor. And he said that the elders took it serious and started to implement things in the church that mm-hmm. could really help set people free. Mm-hmm. And um, he said one of the things that he did was he became super vulnerable from the pulpit, mm-hmm. talking about what he struggles with and not just like shoving it under the rub- rug of God loves me and grace. Mm-hmm. He said we became what we call a hospital church about how like when you're in the hospital and you got that gown on <laughs> for like the first, you know, couple of days, you're all like, get up to go to the bathroom, you tie it back. And then he's like, but then after a couple of days, you've been poked and prodded on every spot in your body. You just like you just walk let down free. the aisle and let it, <laughs> let it flow free. And it was like funny how he said it, but it was like so true in um, our walk with the Lord of being open and vulnerable. He said, mm-hmm. that's like part of being set free and how when like we're vulnerable it like and just this is how it is this is what i struggle with not again not in a way of oh poor me this is what i struggle Mm -hmm. with look what i've been through no this is what i struggle with i'm looking for the answers to overcome overcome. Mm -hmm. then like it's almost like a weight lifting off your shoulders Mm -hmm. and that i mean that goes back to just another tool of being set free from addiction or anything that we struggle with Mm -hmm. being super vulnerable i struggle with being super vulnerable Probably because things that I need interviewing <laughs> for, because of things that we've walked through. Yeah. But I feel like I'm being more, getting more open more. And mm-hmm. like the more vulnerable I am, I feel like the more just free I walk in. Before it was like, I think about being vulnerable of letting people see my weakness mm-hmm. versus now it's like letting people see my weakness right. is freeing. Do you get Which what I'm saying? I, no, I've completely noticed that because when we live with you guys back when we first moved down for about six months mm-hmm. and I don't know if we ever there ever were times where I could tell something was wrong but I never wanted to ask you about yeah. it because you just kind of like were off in your own yeah we're older right. like I knew you Trying wouldn't want to yeah wouldn't really yeah. want to talk about it yeah. versus now that you guys have are living with us um and especially recently I've noticed that we've had a more open mm-hmm. relationship, which I really appreciate as as a sister in Christ and somebody that who I would consider one of my closest friends mm-hmm. now that <laughs> there have been times where I've been struggling and you're like, are you OK? Or yeah. you've been struggling and I'm like, are you OK? And I know we can be honest with each yeah. other about it. So right. I've seen that growth in you, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate that. I, I feel like being invulnerable was so hard for me for Mm -hmm. so long and I still get twinges of like like I'll just like shut down like a turn like you know go in my little shell and shut Mm -hmm. down because so much easier that way but Mm -hmm. it's like I've learned that that does me no good and it does like Mm -hmm. nobody else around me any good and Mm -hmm. but mostly me because I feel so much freer being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and um what with you know I I struggle with being vulnerable because I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, poor me, because mm-hmm. I, I like that's like one of my pet peeves. Like, look what I've walked through. I'm so broken. I'm so mm-hmm. poor. It's like, like a pride issue. But, well, more yeah. like a feel or, sorry for me. Like, oh. but do you want freedom? Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be that mm-hmm. person. Like, I want I don't want people to feel sorry. For me. I want to be set free, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's just part of my struggles mm-hmm. <laughs> of like overcoming, you know being vulnerable i guess but i think this is good to have that in mind you know have that mind so that you don't end up walking in that walking in that that. yeah Yeah, right yeah because i mean at the end of the day like we went through a horrible situation but Mm -hmm. i look at people 
like there's always somebody that's worse or we all have we're all up against something which yeah. goes back to that whole political side of things the whole racist black lives matter and like or pointing the finger at like the white man because they kept mm-hmm. us oppressed it's like we're all up against something mm-hmm. we all have struggles yeah Okay, so I could point my finger and I'm a white person and point at my finger at the other white person that oppressed me for so long. It's mm-hmm. like, or <laughs> I could pull my pants up <laughs> and move forward because like we are all up against something. Yeah. We all had some dysfunction in our family. We all had horrible mm-hmm. childhood things that happened to us, whether we were molested or, you know, like my best friend died when I was 11. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we all have something that we're up against. Mm-hmm. And so this whole which sometimes in the church and i'm not speaking this over the church in generalities Mm -hmm. but i think sometimes in the church we create um well we used to call them altar athletes but we create uh a culture of drama i think Mm -hmm. often because we're always focused on the broken one or the Mm -hmm. one that has the worst story which Mm -hmm. it that's healthy because they need to be lifted up but when we're always mm-hmm. focused on that and not focused on the person that, you know, is out there fighting the war or, OK, yes, you struggled. Go to inner healing because God's going to move on you or come get prayer and then mm-hmm. move forward. Mm-hmm. We always focus on this like poor person who's had such, you know, addic- mm-hmm. who's addicted to cocaine and drugs and like or pornography or mm-hmm. all these things. And so we create this culture of drama mm-hmm. where everyone wants or the comparison too yeah or comparison like, yeah like when i'm telling my testimony i feel like i always have to preface it with well i didn't struggle like i didn't go through a drug addiction yeah, like that person right, did exactly because that's heroic or like right. amazing mm-hmm. that god set you free mm-hmm. and so that's, which it is amazing it is <laughs> totally amazing point taken it's totally amazing but when we when that's what we focus on we create this culture of drama mm-hmm. where you have to be hurting worse than this person or you mm-hmm. have to be you know you have to have a worse childhood than this person do you get what i'm mm-hmm. saying like mm-hmm. where again it goes back to we all have something that we're struggling with you didn't go mm-hmm. through drugs and alcohol and addiction you're struggling with other stuff mm-hmm. and god wants to set you free just as much just as he much. wants to you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. the person addicted to cocaine so mm-hmm. i don't know that's that my goes all the way back to like the whole people helping people in the church as like a community and unity i think you had hit on that right like people maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe possibly I'm just talking um i don't know just within the church i think we had a lot of a lot of really raw. deep yeah deep and raw th- topics and um i hope that either the testimonies or the scripture whatever it was that we talked about i hope that it ministered to you in some way and that you can go into your go into your secret place and yeah you know start doing it right yeah that's what i hope too i think that's mainly what testimonies are yeah (laughs) to encourage other people i hope i mean i found i was i like listening sometimes to testimonies Mm -hmm. versus just preaching on a message because i find so much more like comfort and hope not that messages aren't good because the lesson you know Mm -hmm. the biblical lesson is always amazing but like testimonies are to Mm -hmm. me like okay god did that god did that he Mm -hmm. did that through you i love when they do testimonies before baptisms yeah it's just like it's like so powerful yeah you know what actually okay so this is our ending kind of second ending um 
speaking of testimonies, I was praying for somebody the other day, other day who, if God changed his heart, it would be like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like one of those people that mm-hmm. like needs changing. <laughs> but um, what stuck out to me and what I feel like God spoke to my heart is really understanding that God transforming and converting a soul like he did from Saul to Paul mm-hmm. or our hearts. Like we always think in terms of miracles as God healing somebody from cancer, which is a miracle. God setting somebody free from addiction, which is a miracle. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about miracles, the most like amazing miracle God does is transforming somebody's heart, converting mm-hmm. them, setting them yeah. free from themselves yeah. because cancer doesn't have a free choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Addiction doesn't. I mean, when God sets you free, it doesn't have a free choice. Like we still at the end of the day have a free choice. So when mm-hmm. God's totally transforms somebody from like Saul to Paul, like that is that's the miracle. Like that is. Yeah. All that other stuff is amazing, but it feels almost like fluff compared to God mm-hmm. truly transforming and using somebody powerfully mm-hmm. and like bringing us out of our insecurities. Like that to me, like transformation. Yeah. Yeah. That's just my take and on just living my two cents. And just, yeah, after, yeah. And it's not just a one and done. It's just, right. it's constant. Right. Of like looking back five years and seeing where I am now. And I'm right. in five years, I'm going to look back and be right, like, yeah, exactly. you didn't know yeah. anything. You didn't know nothing. <laughs> but it's like, because like the Red Sea didn't have a free choice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, going back to the cancer, my shoulder pain, it doesn't have a free choice. We still mm-hmm. have a free choice. Yeah. And so that just to me is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all we got for podcast 43. Um we might be back in about six months when we can muster the courage to do it again. <laughs> Podcast 86. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we should come back like every double. <laughs> it would get longer and longer, though. So, okay, thanks for listening. Um, I don't think we did any. I don't know if people get all the way to this, but um, you can find us on. Obviously, YouTube is our main what we always push people to. Please but sub- we're on please subscribe yeah please subscribe but we're also on spotify itunes kind of all the major outlets for Mm -hmm. podcasting um you can find us on facebook and like us and instagram and i believe twitter i don't do much with twitter but um yeah we're on all those and our website is the self-evidenttruth.com where you can click on the donate button to donate to these beautiful faces (laughs) thank you so much have a wonderful week (laughs) peace (laughs) deuces